Hey guys, it is Jordan, and I am excited for this episode. But before we get to it, I wanted to remind you, if you have not yet or recently, share the podcast on your social media. Tell people to subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, we want to invite you guys to be a part of our fearless community. Click the link in the description to get more information. And we got Cash Patel, the one who exposed the Russia hoax. This is the Speak Truth Without Fear podcast. What is going on, guys? This is Jordan. Man, I'm excited about today's podcast. We don't got Ross the Boss on today, as he is actually in Los Angeles uh, working on a special project, but he'll be back on next week. But today we got a special guest, and man, Cash Patel. Um, I'm real quick. I'm just going to give you a quick bio, bro, really quick. Cash Patel is the founder of the Cash Patel Legal Offense Trust, an organization dedicated to helping individuals who have experienced defamation and silencing from media and big tech. But the thing that I'm that I've known about Cash Patel from the longest is uh, he was, you know, his tenure as the chief of staff to the Department of Defense under the Trump administration, and he's also was one of the lead investigators into the Russia hoax. He's the one that actually helped <laughs> expose it. This, like, this is why I'm actually so excited to have you on, Let's bro. Go. Cash, man, thanks for being here, bro. Jordan, I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Let's of get into it. Of course. Well, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, real quick, you, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, I, I watched the plot uh, against the president. I watched this movie about I don't know right when it came, right after it came out. I followed a guy named Mike Cernovich. He was in yeah. it. This is how I kind of found it. And this movie red pilled the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> it, it totally, it complete. And I was just Good. like, it I had can't. A well, yeah, 100%. And I think the, it was honestly, I left with such a heavy heart after I watched this movie because I was like, damn, I thought the deep state was a conspiracy. Um, <laughs> and and it, obviously it is not. But before we get into the good stuff, I mean, how, how did you, how did this happen? I mean, you are, you're working in DC and then yeah. boom, you're this guy that is leading the investigation of one of the biggest political hoaxes in my lifetime. Uh, what, yeah, how did this in, happen? Well, in anyone's what? lifetime, literally yeah. in anyone's lifetime. You know, I was a, I was a terrorism prosecutor when I first came to DC and, um, and a civilian in the military and did that and had a great time with it. And then because of my intel and prosecution background, Chairman Nunez, I ended up meeting him by chance, literally. Didn't know the guy, didn't even know who he was. Wow. Um, and uh, met him by chance and he's like, oh, we got to do this Russia investigation. And back then, it hadn't taken on the steam that it, now has right so right. he's like hey we got to do a congressional investigation and i was like i don't want to do that that sounds awful um <laughs> and lo and behold i ended up becoming his chief investigator and spent uh, almost two years on house intel uh, uncovering the biggest political criminal enterprise ever to be perpetrated against the president or a candidate for president and later president so you know i think my background with the fisa court and prosecuting terrorists came in handy my background in the intelligence community came in handy on how uh, the FBI treats sources and how they document stuff and what to look for and where to find it. And I think that's what Devin saw um, in my background that would be suitable for this. But neither he nor I thought, you know, this is where we would end up. You know, as you mentioned, the plot against the president, the best documentary yeah. online right now. None of us could, you know, possibly fathom this would literally be make Watergate look like, you know, uh, you know, Disney World. I mean, yes. oh, it's, no. it's just, uh, 
and I'm glad you guys are still covering it because look, it's coming full circle. Uh, John Durham's on the prowl, and um, you know, I, th I just think it's important for people to talk about it because back then, when we talked about it, it was a right wing conspiracy. There was yep. there's no way the FBI and the Hillary Clinton campaign concocted with a foreign asset to shovel false information against their target. No way that couldn't happen in today's America, and it turns out that's exactly what they did. Well, I, th I think the reason why people stop talking about it is because honestly, and I and I felt this way and. Um, is I constantly always feel disappointed. Like, we, like yeah. if, for instance, you bring up the John Durham report. And I'm like, I'm ready for this. You know, we, we were telling. I thought it was going to happen last year and the year before. And, <coughs> and you feel like the like it's the rules for thee and not for me. And it feels like you know, as a regular person, you know, if I steal something, well, at least in Florida, not in New York, California. But if I steal something <laughs> in Florida, then I'm going to go to jail for that. But then you have something like you can the dossier and the money that was funneled, everything that you guys expose. And these guys are out, are out just cruising. And so, I mean, do you actually see in this John Durham report, do you actually have hope that there actually something will come of it? Yeah, let me tell you why. Look, you know, John Durham, I've, I've known him for a while. He's an incredibly talented prosecutor. And he's not going anywhere. His funding's not running out. They can't ride him out into the sunset. He's continuing his mission. He's issued three pretty damning indictments already of the FBI, of the Clinton campaign and their lawyers, yeah. and of the source that just destroys the Steele dossier. I mean, those are some damning indictments. And he's just getting going because if you look at these indictments, they're like 50 and 60 pages long. Yep. And normally they're like three to five pages long. What he's doing is he's telling his story about his investigation the only way he can legally by, by talking about other people that were involved in this entire enterprise. And he's naming them, you know, the Jake Sullivan's of the world, the Fusion GPS's, the Bruce Orr's, the Nelly yeah. Orr, all the, all, you know, the cast of characters, McCabe, Strzok, Comey, Page, you know, all of them. And he's not working on some regular mob conspiracy. He's working on the largest criminal conspiracy to ever be per perpetuated mm. against a presidential candidate. So these things take time. I spent three years sometimes on prosecutions before I got to an indictment. So he's just getting going. And the John Durham report, I don't want to see that thing for like two years. I want to see six more indictments. The, the report's the last thing we're going to see, and it's going to be very damning, I think. And I think in the spring of this year, you're going to see two, three, four more indictments coming out of John Durham's camp. Okay, so I have two um, questions. One really, One's a quick one. So you trust John Durham. You don't think he can be compromised, the deep Space, yeah, deep, hundred percent. He's, okay, he's that, the right guy. That makes me feel so good. Okay, number yeah. two for the people in the public that are listening, they're like, okay, you said you want to see six indictments happen. What mm -hmm. what does that mean? Like, what will end up happening if there's these six indictments? If you can kind of teach yeah. it, like I'm a fifth grader, what what would actually no, no, happen? No, look, look, as you guys now know, as the world knows, especially you who follow it so well. It's not like one person woke up and say, how am I going to screw over the Donald Trump campaign? This was an organized affair involving millions of dollars from a Democratic candidate and her party and her campaign. Then they went over and bamboozled the FBI, and the FBI was fed false information, which they knew, their leadership knew was false. So our top cops in America were going against the political candidate that they disagreed Dear with, God. and they thought they would just cover it up. So look, I'm not. I'm realistic. We're not going to see an indictment of Hillary Clinton or anything. Like, let's be real. But right. 
I do think Andy McKay, the deputy director of the FBI, former acting director of the FBI, the guy who already was caught by the inspector general lying about leaking. Got a job at CNN. While he was deputy director <laughs> of the FBI. Got a job at CNN, no big deal. Um, and I think he's got problems. I think all these guys got problems about not just lying to Congress, which is a federal offense. Um, he's got problems about lying to the FISC, about omitting information, about denying people's due process rights. These, mm -hmm. these things can't happen with just one or two individuals at the FBI. It's a stream of people. And that's what John Durham sort of outlined. It was the private sector, it was the Hillary Clinton campaign and their lawyers. It was Fusion GPS paying Christopher Steele. Ten, you know, they got paid tens of millions of dollars. Steele got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. Then they went to a FISA court. They didn't stop. They didn't just say, hey, we, 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 we fooled them once. They fooled them four times, Jeez. knowing that the information was bogus. And when we said, Give us your documents, the FBI, when I was running the investigation. They said, no, no, you know, you're going to harm national security. Nothing to see here. And lo and behold, the only thing to see there was their corruption and their embarrassing conduct on behalf of the American people. And our investigation got 17 people fired from the FBI wow. and DOJ. So while that's not great accountability in terms of indictments, it's, it's a step, and that's all that Congress can do. And right now we don't, have the, we don't have the majority, so there's not much we can do. But I think John Durham is laying out these extensive indictments, um, and I encourage people to go read them, uh, check out my show, um, Cash's Corner. I do deep dives into these indictments if you're ever really bored um, and, and, and sort of talk about what they mean. Yeah, well, honestly, I mean, it's, it's great how you do that because people need to know, and like these, I mean, those documents are long. I mean, when you read some 60, 70 pages, I mean, I, I, there's no way I could read more than three pages without like losing it, kind of know what's going on. But one thing that you said in, in the documentary, um, mm -hmm. you told Nunes, you're like, listen, the only way that I will take the job is if, <laughs> if I find some messy business, we're going to hold them accountable. Now, I mean, can you, are you allowed to say what some of those things are? Like what, what was some, cause you got right when you did, you, I think you kind of like, you lifted up the hood and you're like, crap, it's way worse than I actually thought. Yeah. I, I mean, just think about it. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a staffer on the Hill telling one of the most powerful members in Congress, Devin, <laughs> who was a chairman of the house Intel committee. You know, I walk in there like, and I, and I just roll out a roadmap for this investigation. He's like, wow. I was like, I was like, look, if you want to do it, let's do it right. And then fast forward and we started picking away at it. We saw the FISA abuse, but we couldn't talk about it because it was all still classified. So we had to figure out at the time we're doing this investigation, we can't tell the world about it Ugh. because they're coming after us for, you know, leaks of classified information if we did it. So we played by the rules. So we like kept Adam going, never we kept classifying slowly. And then, I mean, just to picture this, I, I, this is this is one of those defining moments. When I figured out the Hillary Clinton campaign paid for the dossier, I mean, do you... If you just take that in the abstract, do you know how ludicrous that sounds for some, a human being to say a presidential candidate bought and paid for this garbage information from a foreign asset to use against him? Um, with now, the, real with quick, how did you find that out? Because I know you subpoenaed a, a bank or something. Yeah. So you subpoenaed like, – it's crazy. Like This guy from the Hill comes in, tells Devin Nunes, yo, listen, I'll take the yeah. job, but you're, if I find some business, we're freaking going to hold these yeah. intelligence massive communities that's like in a deep state yeah. freaking you know, well – and you come in and then you say, yo, we're going to subpoena banks. So, I mean, were you nervous when you're telling him like, yo, I'm gonna, we got to subpoena bank? 
No, I was like, simple prosecution 101. I was like, Devin, let's follow the money. The money doesn't lie. Because I said, somebody paid for this thing. It yeah. doesn't just happen for free. And so we got our, we worked our source network and we were able to figure out a couple of people in the banking universe and where Fusion and those guys were banking. And I said, look, let's have them open their books. If they're not paying anyone anything or if they're not receiving any money from the Hillary Clinton campaign, nothing to see here. It turns out, well, not only did we go to federal court because they took us there, they tried to challenge it. But on the eve of the judge's ruling, Fusion came out and publicly admitted it. Jeez. And that, at, in that moment, in like the fall of seven, I guess it was the fall of 17 or something like that, um, everybody was like, wow, you are not crazy. You're right. And I was yeah. like, yeah, and it's going to get so much worse. And it did. And thankfully, we had people like, you know, a Devin Nunes in Congress and a Jim Jordan and at the time Mark Meadows and people like that who were willing to argue this in the media, even though the media was just vilifying them. Oh. And that was another piece of this entire investigation. It was, it's one thing to do the investigation, right? But you're doing it for the American people. So you have to inform them about it. But the media was so corrupt. Um, that's like literally why I started fightwithcash.com is to raise money to help people clear their names because the media got vicious. They went after Devin. They went after me. They went after you and your friends and your families and called you yeah. nasty things and made up yeah. stuff about you. We have to correct the media. So the Russiagate investigation was, yeah, it was the Russiagate investigation of DOJ, FBI, and the intelligence community. But it was also an investigation into the leaks into the media false leaks of information just to pull, prop up a fake political narrative. So well, and, it, was, it was a beast. Well, and we saw that. I mean, the, the biggest takeaway, one of the biggest takeaways when I watched that film and was when you when they talked about that the, the leak of the transcript from the Flynn conversation um, yeah. was, was like already leaked and the Washington Post had it. And they're like, hold on, that's actually classified. So then, I mean, does, does that mean you had people at the FBI or the DOJ that were they had yeah. these cl this classified information, which is something that you were not trying to do. You were like, hey, we can't talk about this because it's classified. But then you have the other side that's saying, you know what, let's leak this. Let's get Flynn out. And dude, some of yeah. the time, like, I think my biggest frustration is like, do we need to start playing the same type of baseball that the other side is playing when it when it comes down to these values i know you obviously can't but yeah i don't know yeah i mean we ne we just never did and, and it, it would be easy to stoop to their level and break the law just to satisfy a political narrative but we did it the hard way the right way the way that the american yeah. people expect Amen. it to be done and it just takes longer and that's why we're still talking about it today yep. four four years later right and that's why the job isn't done because this is this is how long it takes to uncover some of this stuff. And now that at least at least you and I now are in a position where we can we know we called out the media for leaking false classified information just to support a political narrative. We know that. We proved that that happened at CNN and Washington Post and the New York Times and all the other morons out there. And that's that was a big win for us because it wasn't just quote unquote fake news anymore. They, they, you know, we got rid of that stupid trope because we proved it to be not just fake, but intentionally fraudulent, illegal news. Hmm. And, and I think that was a win for us too. 100%. So what was the reason then, I mean, that they wanted Flynn out so bad? Cause obviously like Trump does this, you know, one of the uh, biggest things they say, this transition of power, peaceful power yeah. or at peace. But obviously to me, it was like, the, it was like the transition of peace with spies and they, they flood spies throughout the campaign, the white house transmits. I mean, people are coming out of meetings. The media is already having the conversations of those meetings as they're literally ending. Um, I mean, what was the threat of Flynn to the deep state? I don't know if it was so much Flynn as it was the threat of anything Trump. So gotcha. it was, 
who's the target? How can we best get after it? What's the easiest target? And I think that the leak of that transcript gave them a target mm-hmm. who was very high up in Trump's administration right at the beginning and had been a pretty public figure going into the campaign cycle. So they sort of thought, okay, if we could take down the national security advisor, let's have at it. And I think that was it. And that same thing with the Carter Page FISA. Like, you know, who's Carter Page? Why did they target Carter Page of yeah. all people in Trump land? They, they targeted Carter Page because it's very hard to get a FISA warrant, but he was the easiest person to target. And from there, they could expand their search out. So they were being strategic about how do we get after Donald Trump? They didn't really care about Carter Page. And maybe they cared about Michael Flynn a little bit, but they cared about Trump and everyone in Trump land because at that time, remember, he had stolen the election, um, right, according to the media. And there was no way. And Hillary Clinton was challenging the election results, if you remember, and not conceding. And everyone thought that was so un-American. And you fast forward four years later, (sighs) and the hypocrisy is just, um, you know, it's unbelievable. Uh, No, that's such a good point because the same thing that they Stacey Abrams like they've been crying you know and now they're like trying to push this like civil rights new vote bill so you just got 81 million votes the (coughs) most like you just beat the record supposedly even though I mean I think the election was completely stolen um but I mean you you see this bs by the media yeah. Now, like, and one of the one of the big things that we saw, like, right after you know, you guys break, you cut, you expose the whole thing with the Nunes memo, you expose yep. like, all your entire investigation. It gets written out in a document. You get it out. You have something to combat combat the lies. Schiff comes out with like the crappiest memo. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was hilarious. Absolutely, I couldn't believe I was actually reading it. And again, like you, I mean, I you watch. He, he goes on. He goes on Fox. I remember. I'll I never forget the interview that he did with Tucker. Tucker's yeah. like, will you deny it and say? that you have the yeah. evidence well and he's, he's just playing beating around the bush yep so my my question is this the media mm-hmm. why like why is the media so left why are they so controlled by these like um, i don't understand the dc inside baseball i really don't i'm a dude that i've never been in this yeah. political world why how did this happen it, it, it's just a combination. It wasn't so much that, I mean, before Donald Trump, the media was bad, but they weren't this bad, right? They just banded together in their hatred for Trump for whatever reason. They, they decided we're going to hate him and we're going we're gonna to proactively go out and take out not just the Donald Trump candidacy, but then the presidency. And we're going to go after people right. in his campaign. We're going to go after people in his inner circle. And for some reason, the media thought that was journalistic integrity, not reporting on what was actually happening, right. like the times that we spent under the Trump presidency, securing the border, killing terrorists, bringing hostages home, taking on Russia, taking on China, you know, kicking ass for America. Yep. Those things they didn't care to report about because um, they were successes under the Donald Trump presidency, massive successes in the national security arena and the economic arena and what have you. But all they cared about was Russia, 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 and Adam Schiff's, uh, you know, never-ending search <clears throat> for uh, collusion. Man, that is crazy. I know my video just went out for some reason, but you still hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right, perfect. Yeah, no, that, it, dude, it is wild. I know you got, I mean, we got to go and you only got about f- five, ten more, five more minutes. Um, yeah. I just, okay, cool. Um, all right, I got some rapid fire questions for you, man. <laughs> Let's all do right, it. We'll, we'll do some rapid fire ones. Um, and these are coming from actually some followers. I, we put out uh, a questionnaire from some subscribers. Like, what questions would you like to know from Cash? One of them. Did you believe in the Q drops or do you think that was just a complete farce like a, you know, political opponents like doing something <coughs> in the CIA? Yeah, I never got on board with the whole Q thing. I know it went wild on, on social media, but not me. Okay, awesome. All right, what is, what is the hope right now with everything that's going on with the Biden admin? We're seeing every, the inflation, the supply yeah. chain. It honestly feels like they are doing this 
to this country on purpose. Like you yeah. really can't like mess up this bad. Um, what is your hope? You know, if you're a conservative and you're like, damn, we're losing the country. We have vaccine mandates hit, hitting all across the country. Our first responders, our nurses, they're losing their jobs. You have kids getting kicked out of Burger King in New York City right now because right. they won't show us a seven year old won't show their vaccine passport. All of this is happening in the country as a conservative and a freedom loving uh, patriot. Where do you find your hope? I find it in the fact that we are starting to win the narrative on the facts. And here's Virginia is sort of the perfect example, right? And we're going to win the midterms and we're going to win the House and the Senate. And I think we'll win in 2024. That's, that's quote unquote, that's where my hope lies. But my hope is buttressed with we Republicans, we conservatives are out there putting on a platform for things. We are, we are out there arguing against critical race theory being shoved down our children's um, education systems. We are out there because we want a secure border. We want an economy. We want gas prices to go down. We want to take out terrorists. We want to protect America. We wanted to withdraw out of Afghanistan um, like we did under Trump and not like how the disaster was under Biden. Those are issues and matters that resonate with Americans. And that's why I think we have hope because we are talking about winning on those issues and we were winning on those issues. And I think we're winning again at the state and local level at the, on those issues. So that's where my hope is. And I think um, the left, they're just running against Donald Trump yeah. still. So literally, that's no. not going to work. That is crazy. All right. A couple, couple, a couple things. Are you on the board with the Trump train for 2024? <laughs> yeah, you know, or, uh, the, I, I have, right now yeah, the big debates like Trump and DeSantis. <laughs> it's like everyone's talking about it. I'll, I do polls, and one time Trump's at sixty percent. The next time DeSantis is at seventy percent. I mean, do you look at DeSantis as the future of the party, or you think that Trump is still the leader of the party? I still think right now Trump's the leader of the party, so it's his it's his call to make. And you know, look, obviously I work for him. I'm close to the president. We still talk, and um, I'm a big supporter of his. And um, you know, I you know, hopefully we'll 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 hear his decision shortly after midterms, and then and then the country will know. Awesome. All right. Well, Cash, I know I know you got to go. You're a busy man, but seriously, thank you so much. Real quick, how can people find your information? Make sure you plug your show, your social media, your website, all that good stuff. No, I appreciate that. So look, I'm not, I have no social media presence whatsoever. I am at fightwithcash.com. It's fightwithcash.com, cash with a K. And basically, I started that website. It's an offensive legal trust, as we talked about earlier. I've been around the country for for the last almost a year now, raising money. We're raising money. If you've been defamed, you can reach out to me on that platform directly. All my content's there for free. My show, Cash's Corner's there. The movie's there. All the interviews are, I do and all the op-eds I write are out there. So it's all free content. Check out fightwithcash.com. But more importantly, you can message me directly there anytime. If you've been defamed or you've been deplatformed by big tech or media and you don't have the wherewithal to go out and sue and get your day in court, contact us. That's what we're raising this money for. We're out there paying for people's lawyers so they can have their defamation cases heard in court and they can have their names cleared because it matters. Correcting the media matters. So check out fightwithcash.com. We need all your viewer support. It's a great cause. It's a great trust, but we got a lot more money to raise. Fightwithcash.com. We're going to put that link in the description so that if you're listening to this podcast right now, if you're watching on Rumble or on Instagram, you can look at the description and click on that link. It'll take you straight there. Listen, 
we have been talking about for so long, hey, I want to get involved. I want to be a part. I want to be a yeah. part of winning back and fighting back this country. You got guys like Cash that are on the front lines. If you don't, this dude risked his life to take on and find out the rush hooks. I would have been pissing my pants thinking that I was going to be <laughs> added to the Clinton body count if wow. I was actually going to subpoena the bank to find out that the funds actually were linked to the to the DNC and the Clinton. So this, this guy has put his life on the line. He has done a service to our country. So I encourage all of you guys, every person, go to the website click the link in the description and make sure that you support uh support cash um cash man seriously thanks so much dude it was an honor having you on brother thank you so much thanks jordan we'll talk soon